Politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow patriots and forgotten Americans to the one and only Conservative Review podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, on this Wednesday, December 18th. And you guys are not forgotten. Uh, Somebody cares about the taxpayers and the citizenry, the innocent, peaceful Americans that want nothing but a government that does its job to keep the safety and security, protect our sovereignty and security while leaving us alone and not saddling us with debt. Some people still want that. And I think a majority of this country still wants that. But that's not what's happening. Today, as you well know, like everyone else, I'm going to talk about impeachment. Except unlike everyone else, I'm going to talk about a different type of impeachment. But one that actually strategically ties back very much into the official impeachment of President Trump in the Democrat-controlled House today. And that is the fact that you and I, all of us, are being impeached. Except we are being impeached and convicted. Unlike the president, where there's no votes to convict him in the Senate, it's going to go nowhere. We are being convicted. We're being convicted by both the House and the Senate, passing bills that give away our sovereignty, saddle us with endless debt, with endless bureaucracy, with endless horrible policies. We're being impeached and convicted with President Trump signing it, the budget bill we spoke about yesterday. I was on Glenn Beck earlier today on his radio show. I'm going to be on his TV show tonight, doing a lot of media on it. The few that are willing to listen and talk about this, at least, which are very, very few. You know, I was thinking today, December 18th, is the day that the Mayflower landed in Plymouth, Massachusetts. That was really the day America was discovered in many ways, the settlement that led to our great republic. And the foundation of that republic was built upon the concept of self-governance. That we need a government to do justice while we preserve liberty for ourselves. And doing that justice will keep the peace. And that everything that happens outside of those issues that are reserved to the people should be navigated in a transparent way through our elected representatives. What we have today is the courts and the bureaucracies and NGOs deciding everything. And then the little that the legislature does, they cram earth-shattering policies into massive bills and vote on them within hours, and nobody is calling stop. We don't live in a representative democracy anymore. And I'm going to get through some examples. But I first want to give you a status update. While everyone's focused on impeachment, I'm going to focus on the impeachment of the American citizen, American taxpayer, where things stand with this budget fight, what it means, what Trump can and should be doing, how it ties back into impeachment, and how we just can't have nice things. I want the marker to be laid down for all of times that you guys know it didn't have to be this way. That the president had an easy, easy way out of this that would both bolster really three things would be the perfect response to Democrats on impeachment, that he doesn't look weak, 
it would be the perfect method of building his case for re-election and winning back the House of Representatives. And it would be the best avenue to possibly accomplishing good policy results. But at the end of the day, I can't be more pro-Trump than Trump himself is. You can lead a camel to water, but you can't force him to drink. But we don't have anyone even leading the camel to that water. A friend of mine sent me one of these West Asian fables. It goes like this. The forest was shrinking, <clears throat> but the trees kept voting for the axe. For the axe was clever and convinced the trees that because his handle was wood, he was one of them. Friends, <clears throat> that is the Republican Party for you. They dress up like wood as we are trees, but they are really an axe. They are destroying us in ways that even the Democrats couldn't do, because like I say all the time, the Democrats would elicit such blowback if they were to do this. There would be a check and balance on the behavior, and even if they decide to hold hands and jump, which sometimes they do, we'd be able to vote them out. Here, they get to have their cake and eat it too. You know, yesterday, one of the great golden calves of Republican phony loser conservative media, Congressman Dan Crenshaw from Texas, put out a video explaining, I don't like the omnibus, but, I'm, but I have to vote for it because um, this is the best we can do. And um, most of the spending anyway is from Social Security. and There's nothing we can do about that. That's basically the gist of what he said. Now, let's put aside the fact that it just that's not true. Spending actually went down. You could put you could look at any graphic of this. It actually went down when Republicans just controlled the House because they passed the BCA, the Budget Control Act, um, dealing with discretionary spending. So even though, yes, it's true that Social Security is on autopilot, constantly going up with inflation, with more people getting on its rolls, but still, it's not the only thing in government. And the discretionary spending cuts made a difference, and it went down. Republicans, beginning with Paul Ryan, controlling all three branches, reverse course, and now they're stepping on the gas pedal. But this bill includes tons of stuff with Medicaid expansion. So yes, yeah, Social Security is big, but you know what else is big? Healthcare. Because that straddles both Medicare and Medicaid. Everything they're doing raises the cost of healthcare, which in turn engenders a greater need for subsidies. And they're certainly responding to that with more, more of these programs. Department of Education, HUD, record spending. Yes, it makes a difference. But anyway... Yesterday, the House voted on both of these omnibus bills. Remember, there are two packages. One is the main one with everything in it, all the add-ons. And another one is defense, justice, and DHS. Folks, the main measure, the big omnibus bill passed with all but seven Democrats voting for it. Just 79 Republicans voted for it. 112 voted against, so less than half voted for it. All but seven Democrats supported it. So this tells you everything you need to know. All these radical Democrats, all my colleagues, phony loser conservative media. Oh, look how bad the Democrats are. Oh my gosh, they're destroying the country. And nonetheless, this, despite them being this radical, or 
because they are that radical. All but seven voted for it. Even j Powell, Presley voted for it. Okay, AOC and, and Omar were one of the were among the seven who voted against it. Everyone else, they'll vote against anything. Every Democrat voted for it. But seven. Seven out of 230 or whatever. And while too many Republicans voted for it, more than half voted against it. So somehow this notion that all oh, like this is the joke about Trump signing the bill. He's signing a bill that had almost unanimous Democrat support and more Republicans voted against it. That tells you everything you need to know. But then again, this phenomenon happened pretty much during every budget battle, even when Republicans did control the House. It actually had more Democrat control, which shows it's a joke. It is surreal watching how when you have a historic impeachment, the third time since Andrew Johnson, Second time is an actual vote. Democrats peddled to the medal of impeachment. Had a Senate Republicans and the president respond, signing an entire year's worth of budgetary and legislative priorities for them and giving away Trump's leverage on any single issue. What a joke. And it's also surreal watching, watching Democrats, how they are united in cause and a sense of purpose. Every one of them, except for the one that wound up switching parties, every one of them is voting for impeachment. Even the ones that are in districts that Trump comfortably uh, won in 2016. Because they have a real party. Yet we can't even get Republicans in the most Republican parts of the country to support Republican ideals. This is a complete joke. And again, you have Democrats Certainly in New Jersey and New York, everything they ever wanted to do, illegal aliens, felons voting, they're doing. But in Kentucky as well, Governor Andy Bashir, first week in office, reverses the Medicaid um, work requirements, as well as putting 140,000 felons on the voter rolls. I have a story out today. San Antonio, Bear County, Texas. There's a jailbreak epidemic of murderers, sexual offenders being let out without bond. Greg Abbott is promising a very modest bill to just block that for cop killers. Like, I, mean, I agree with him, but really, that's all you're going to do? <laughs> Democrats go big. Republicans go home. How much longer are we going to go on with this fraud? At some point, you can't just come home and see your wife, you know, in your bed with someone else. And you're like, hey, you want a beer? Uh, want a cup of coffee? At some point, your eyes can't unsee what you just saw. Your ears can't unhear what you just heard. But then again, we've been doing this since Reagan. We've been doing this for three decades. And we go on and on because the entire conservative movement is built on a lie. It is a fraud. Anyway, so the defense slash DHS part. So you might say, OK, well, there um, 75 Democrats did vote no. Oh, so maybe that has more juice in it. Because they're saying, oh, it gives us something for for border security. But first of all, 150 Democrats voted for it. So two thirds of their caucus 
still voted for it. It's the most radical types who are running on literally abolishing borders and decriminalizing the entire concept of, of illegal immigration and abolishing ICE. So this, this bill, even though it has a lot of amnesty provisions, has a lot of stuff, it leaves the funding at least on autopilot and doesn't totally like cut their budget by 50% or something. So they made a promise they couldn't go on record as supporting it. So that's why they, they split it off into a separate bill so they could lodge their phony fake wrestling no vote, which they weren't too upset about it because they know it's unrealistic. They weren't going to abolish ICE, but they know that given that Trump is president with a veto pen and, and Republicans control the Senate, and given that 90% of the American people agree with them, with us on the issue, they got more than what they should have gotten. Okay, so they're happy with that. Now, just to dispel one thing, there's this crap I've seen on t Twitter, some people putting out, well, Daniel, the president can veto it because uh, you see a pass with a veto-proof majority. No, you idiots. Republicans only, even those Republicans, most of them who voted for it is only because they know Trump is going to sign it. Trump supported it. The White House negotiated it. It's circular logic. If Trump would have been fighting for this endlessly, McConnell wouldn't even bring it to a vote, much less with a veto-proof majority. Friends, I noticed so many times before, so many times before, The legislature doesn't legislate anymore. What they do is they wait till the end of the year and they put everything in two bills. Mainly, there's a couple of others, but there's two bills that are regarded as much as must pass. It's the annual budget bill. Appropriations bill. And it's the NDAA, the Defense Authorization Act. Now, technically, the Defense Authorization Act, there's not going to be a shutdown. It's like it's not really as long as you have the appropriation bill, you're giving the money. But it's like they still feel they must pass it because the tradition every year since World War II, they passed um, some version of it. And I say every year, I say, look, we can't fight all battles. I understand we have a thin movement. But those two bills, I warned six months before. I warned four months before. I warned two months before. I warned a month before, two weeks before, the day before. Here's what, what's happening. Here's our opportunity to put stuff in there. Here's how Trump could leverage his veto pen. Here's how he could use the bully pulpit. I understand we're not going to get everything, but start with these issues. Start with one or two major issues that we know we have 78, 80% polling on it. And he could win on it. Instead, I'm the only one doing this. And I have done this, and I'm proud to say, I have fought every budget battle since Republicans took over the House in January 2011. So pretty much the last nine years of budget battles, I have done this. I've given the strategy. I've given the messaging. And they're all achievable things. I'm not saying, hey, we should refuse to sign off on a budget bill that doesn't defund the Great Society dating back to LBJ or FDR. No, they're very achievable items of what we should expect to accomplish. And look, I'll accept getting half of that. Start out with this like anything. That's the art of the deal. Trump literally wrote the book. You ask more than you think you're going to get. Trump talked about that. It's something he never practices. And I want you guys to know it doesn't have to be this way. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be vintage Trump if his response to impeachment was to hold a press conference today and say, you know what? These losers don't do their homework. They don't do anything for a living. 
I wouldn't even be partisan. I wouldn't even talk about sanctuary cities. I'll get to that in a minute. Wouldn't even talk about even a winning policy issue. Just focus on the process. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to educate the American public. You know, we always talk about the Jefferson's quote about, you know, if the public doesn't get it, you got to educate them. They get it. Everyone hates Congress. Everyone understands what's wrong with them, that they do sneaky things. They put things in big bills. Everyone agrees on that. The president, it would be vintage his personality to show up with holding his hands a copy of the total of 2,400 pages of both omnibus bills and then another stack of 3,300 for the National Defense Authorization Bill. And then randomly bring up um, different, different sheets of it and do what we do here and show the absurd things they put in there. Border wall funding for Jordan. He could make a field that you could picture. Trump would excel at that. He's really good at that, the theatrics with that. It would be vintage Trump, but it would also make him look presidential in his own unique way and be very endearing to the public. So the same people who didn't do their homework and didn't even have first-hand eyewitnesses to the crime they allege I committed with impeachment. Well, these are the same people that don't legislate all year and then put in all their priorities, sneak it in like robbers in the middle of the night within a few hours and vote on it. And one after another, go down the MS-13 provision, go down all the anti-ICE provisions. Say, look, they, they stuck in the smoking provision in there. Well, how do you have that without a debate? The same people that are sending our soldiers to Afghanistan to die for nothing, which Trump officially agrees with. Another $4.2 billion for the Afghani military, while nothing for our soldiers at the border, nothing for our border security, nothing to help our ICE agents. Oh, and by the way, those who are sending to die can't even smoke. But from what I hear, Trump supports that provision. From what I hear. McConnell put it in there. Imagine if he gave such a press conference and he doesn't have to have a government shutdown. Say, I will pass a clean CR while we discover and analyze and the public weighs in on all these provisions. And I'm going to call for the following modifications. But I wouldn't even get into then he should start building the case over six weeks for sanctuary cities every day. Tweet out another illegal alien murder every day. Tweet out another absurd provision. Highlight screenshot in your Twitter feed of the budget bills, of the defense bills and demand change. The president with that bully pill pulpit backed by the leverage of the veto pen could do enormous, enormous damage to the Democrats. That's how he should respond to impeachment. Don't pass their crappy bill. Don't pass the budget and legislative priorities of the impeachers. All but seven Democrats supported it. Imagine if the president did that. I promise to be a different type of president. I promise to drain the swamp and I actually mean it. Go back and do your homework. We're not doing this. There's no rush. You've been on a stopgap for three months. Do it for another month. You can't just come like robbers in the middle of the night and jam this through. Keep the stopgap going and let's, let's analyze this. They would have no leverage to shut down the government. They would have to pass a clean CR. The president, it would be vintage Trump to do that. But alas, I can't be more pro-Trump than Trump himself is. It's unbelievable. Friends, 
Do you, do you know what they did? I'm going to put this up on the screen here. In the NDAA bill that passed almost unanimously, it just passed the Senate, the president will sign it any hour. 3,400-page conference report. On page 1014 of the bill, which is page 1061 of the PDF, they put in a massive jailbreak provision. Okay? It's banning the box. This is a 20-year radical battle. They got in overnight. Nobody knows about this. They put in the defense bill, which Trump will sign, barring the federal government, which is run by taxpayers, from looking into criminal history, putting that in the application of prospective um, federal employees. So now we get criminals working for government. Oh, and they get the 3.1% pay raise that they just passed in the budget bill. This is how they win civilization battles without firing a shot. They were calling this the Second Step Act. This was like the next step, what they want to do. You'd have a whole legislative battle. They're like, screw it, we'll just put it in the NDAA. One office who opposes it called me and said, we didn't even know about this. Again, that's what it means to have a movement. When they believe in something, they get it done. All the people like, oh, Daniel, we can't do this in a must-pass bill. We can't push this. Winning issues. They put losing pro-criminal issues in the defense bill. So here, Trump's going to sign a bill that does nothing to respond to Pensacola. Nothing about, about the Afghanistan papers. Nothing about all of the backwards military, national security, border security, defense priorities that we have. All of the broken things in the morale and structure of our military. Social engineering, anti-Christianity. Nothing. But the one thing that's in there is barring federal employers, supervisors from looking into criminal history of those who would work for, the, for our, our government funded by taxpayers. You won't hear this anywhere else. We don't live in a representative democracy anymore. This is pure political rape. And we don't even know about it. That's the worst thing. I, mean, I hate bringing analogies like that. I hate referencing it, but I can't think of anything better. But it would be the equivalent of something like that that you don't even know it's happening. Because we have nobody educating the public on this. But we have the biggest educator of all. No human being in the history of America has had a greater platform that's also backed by uh, the, being the commander in chief in a veto pen as Donald Trump. He could slaughter the Democrats on all of these issues. But you see what I'm saying? The option isn't, oh my gosh, we have a government shutdown and we get blamed for it. No. Simply pass a clean CR. I'm not saying Trump should say, I'm not going to sign anything unless you defund sanctuary cities. No. Have a clean CR and start building the case. Every day you remain on message. Talk about the 2,500 people a year killed by illegal aliens. Tens of thousands sexually assaulted by illegal aliens. Endless robberies, drug trafficking. Every day talk about the absurdity of it. Illegal aliens voting in our elections. And that's another thing. I have a piece out 
today estimating the number of illegal aliens and you know the federation for immigration reform says we have 14.3 million um uh plus 4.8 million anchor babies which should be included in that number so that's that's well up to uh you know almost 19 million already and you know that's that's a modest estimate because kirsten nielsen seemed to indicate in a hearing last year it's even more than that and i believe it's probably more than that Europe just has, for all the talk about how bad Europe is, Europe, which is the entire continent, twice the population as America, has three to four million. And we have much a much larger legal immigration system from the third world than even they do. I mean, some areas of certain countries per capita might have more, but we're getting there. So we're not even going to know how many illegals we have, much less stop counting them to distort our reapportionment and representation. We have no representation anymore. No self-governance because Trump caved on the census. They spend billions on the census. They gave they they appropriated in this bill one point five billion more than the agency asked for. Yet we won't ask the most foundational question. How is that progress? How is that progress? I don't know. But I'm going to say again. I know I'm ruining everyone's Christmas and holidays and everyone wants to be happy. Glenn Beck told me that jokingly when I went on his radio show. He was like, man, boy, you, you thoroughly, uh, <laughs> you know, just made me depressed. But I mean, what am I supposed to tell you? Again, Patrick Henry. 1775, right before the war, we are apt to shut our eyes against the painful truth and listen to the song of that siren till she transforms us into beasts. Is this the part of wise men engaged in a great and arduous struggle for liberty? Are we disposed to be the number of those who having eyes see not and having ears hear not the things which so nearly concern their temporal salvation? For my part, whatever anguish of spirit it might cost, I am willing to know the whole truth, to know the worst, and to provide for it. We're still at the stage of knowing the worst, not the providing for it, but that's how you get it. We got to keep focused. We got to keep focused. So that's the latest on the NDAA, on the budget bill. But remember, almost every Democrat voted for it. It's such a joke. The president doesn't have to do that. And look, even the few like members of Congress or media figures on the right that are focusing on this for three seconds, they're like, oh, this is terrible. Look what the Democrats did. It's like they're acting like, like Trump is like a bystander. Trump's the president. He has the veto pen. I, I don't understand this. And it's not even the veto pen. If the president would have been building the case for weeks that here's what I want, McConnell wouldn't even bring it to the floor. Wouldn't even need to veto it. Think about it. This man has vetoed pretty much nothing but aid to Saudi Arabia. Now, I don't agree with what, the Cong what Congress was doing. It was because of the Khashoggi nonsense. But, but just think about that for a moment. Aid to Saudi Arabia. That's the veto. Talk about America first. Jeez. 
I mean, that's the joke. I mean, this guy wouldn't know how to be a dictator if he if he tried. Whatever piece of crap Congress dishes up, he'll sign it. That's the joke about this. Man, is this frustrating. Man, is this frustrating as anything. But um, but that's the thing. See, if the president were just 100% a con man and he wants this and is never going to listen to us, I'd feel at peace. OK, so it's like having Obama like you don't say, hey, I wish Obama could sign a better bill or do this or do that because he doesn't believe in it. But the sad thing is. If Rush, Sean, Tucker, Laura, they were saying this. He would do it. If we had a movement saying it, he would do it. That's what's so sad. It's such a missed opportunity. I don't do this to sugarcoat Trump's shortcomings. I just say my end goal is not to judge Trump. Guilty, innocent. Well, are you with trying? It's nothing to do with that. I want to get for our people, our citizenry, the best on any given issue, on any given day that, that, that we could achieve. And you see Trump with certain beliefs in Afghanistan, beliefs on immigration, even on spending. I had a very high, very, very, very high ranking government official that once told me that he has never had an instance where they wanted to push a spending cut that Trump did not support. He's willing to sign it. But again, if what they get out of Congress is garbage and conservatives let that happen, he'll sign that too. I mean, that's, that's, what, that's just how he is. It is what it is. But he would sign a lot of what we want. He would push for it. He would fight for it. If we don't push him, he won't. It's that simple. I'm dealing with the reality of the world we have today. I'm being very much a realist. I'm not being an idealist. Very simple things, I expect. And you should too. You should too. But that's where we are. That's where we are as we head into the end of the year. It's a joke. Impeachment. We're being impeached. We're being convicted. The debt we are being saddled with is unreal. Once the feds finally have to raise interest rates, just the interest on the debt is going to kill us. And this is why we have the longest period of under 4% unemployment, yet growth is only 2%. This is where we are. This is where we are. We don't realize the Overton window. It's like they're happy. Well, at least uh, they didn't cut ICE funding, or at least they didn't do this. At least they didn't abolish ICE. Well, what do you mean? Trump has a veto pen. Of course they couldn't do that. We were told when Obama was president. But certainly on it depends what your leverage is with the people of the country. Who sides with us? How many people side with us on the issue? You know, I'm not pushing. Let's abolish Medicare in the budget bill. OK. Basic, basic things. But you see, when they want to get earth shattering things, raise the tobacco age. Um, create all these mandates on ICE, create an amnesty, massive amnesty, not just for illegal aliens, but illegal aliens bringing in other illegal aliens who are the most prone to join MS-13. A provision to ban the box. Criminal justice deform. They get it like that. Because 
we have one party. If if we the citizenry are trees in a forest, we have one party that's a metal axe and another party that's a wooden axe. Except we think it's wood, just like us. That is the problem. Don't lie to yourself. The Republican Party is a joke. From head to toe. And this is the thing. What's the best thing that could happen? Oh my gosh, they win the House. And Trump wins. And they win the Senate. It doesn't matter. Then we'll be back to, well... Um, there's a filibuster and then the courts and this can't have a government shutdown. I mean, this is what they did for the first two years. People have such a short memory. We're it's like yesterday we were talking about this. That's the thing. It's ironically, as bad as this omnibus is, it's not qualitatively really any worse than what Republicans passed when they were in control, too. It's roughly the same. Same type of stuff. So don't blame it on the House Democrats. They'll do it when they're in control, too. They did it. Paul Ryan did it. He actually started the precedent of breaking the Budget Control Act. He was the one who did it. This was just the second iteration of it. It was built off of that. We're going to have the same stuff. And then even with budget reconciliation, where you don't need 60 votes, then they say, well, Daniel, but you have McCain... This is when he was alive. Elisa Murkowski, we, we, don't, this, we, we would have repealed Obamacare. They didn't agree. No, that's not true. See, the lesson from today, the biggest thing you need to take out on impeachment is every single Democrat, even those deep into enemy territory, deep into Trump country. The representative um, Horn, Dorn, whatever her name is, Kendra um, Horn from Oklahoma City. Trump won that district by, I don't know, 15, 18 points or whatever. She's voting for it because the Democrat Party, every party has a base and an establishment. And then you have people that are a little bit more wild the other way, a little bit more moderate. But you have the the core, the leadership, their leadership fundamentally believes in what the progressive base wants. So you can't have a party where people fundamentally oppose their leadership. Whereas with Republicans, the reason why you could have Lisa Murkowski's and Lamar Alexander's and all these people that gave us a hard time on any given issue is because they know that the McConnell's and the Cornyn's, the core center of the Republican Party, they don't really believe in it either. And indeed, they supported Lisa Murkowski. And even after Lisa Murkowski voted against Kavanaugh, the one sacred thing, they're going to back her for re-election in Alaska, a red state that Trump carried. It's a joke. These are the truth bombs you need to hear and send to all your friends. And you know what's sad? If we actually had a party that messaged this, it wouldn't just galvanize and fulfill and deliver for a conservative base. There's so many Americans that don't like what the Democrats are doing. They don't believe in it. And certainly if they would know all the things they're doing and we, you would have a party exposing it. But, you know, they don't like Republicans either. And they maybe some of them, some of it's unfair and some of it's from the media stuff that they are convinced of. But some of it is fair. Why do we need that baggage? There's so many people who would vote for us. We could so succeed. You know, a big thing that happened with the Brexit party in, um, in England, a lot of people are forgetting because they're talking about how, um, you know, 
the Brexit party might have taken away votes from the Tories, but there's also a lot of evidence that they took away votes from Labour too. People that, you know, could not bring themselves to vote for Tories, they were, they were Labour, they were Liberal from their family or their city or village for 100 years, they were just never going to do that. But they really weren't happy with the direction of Labour and, and a new party is something they could vote for. There is a lot of people in America like that. I'm sure you have that among your family, friends, neighbors. You talk to them and, and they exude common sense. They would support most, if not all, of what we're saying, but they're like, I, I hate the Republican Party. For how much longer are we going to be weighed down by their baggage when they're not even delivering? And not only aren't they delivering, they're actually greasing the skids for what the Democrats could not do politically alone. And then you have the courts. Oh, look at the Senate still, even to this day, voting for so many judges. I mean, every day, every day, the Supreme Court continues to green light the worst of the worst things. See, this is what people don't realize. With Trump being elected, it activated, galvanized, maybe the word that they use now is woke, and made the left-wing-based woke, as if Donald Trump were Jesse Helms, as if he were Nigel Farage, okay? But he wasn't. But, but they are activated as if he is doing everything they accuse him of doing. But the other side of the country, so, so, so what did they do? They came up with a new level of intensity of judicial assault. They came up with sanctuary states. They're accomplishing so much in Congress, in the budget bills, in the bureaucracies, they're still doing stuff. And half the states in the country are more radical under Trump than they've ever been. Now, again, I understand Trump's not, a, he's federal, I get it, but I'm just telling you, they are moving the ball forward and, and in tons of red states. So qu quantitatively and qualitatively, they're actually doing, they're better off. They responded by doubling down. But our side didn't respond by warning people, oh my gosh, look at what they're doing in the states. Look at what they're doing in courts. Look at what they're doing in Congress. Look at what the executive branch is still doing. Except now with Trump as president, we have a bully pulpit and a veto pen to leverage and actually do so much, to accomplish so much. Meaning really, we should be better off activism and grassroots wise than we were under Obama. Because things have gotten worse than under Obama on any measure for various reasons, as we explain. But we can actually do something about it. But instead, it's the opposite. People don't even know what's happening. They're not activated because Papa's taking care of us. And all we have to do is just beat back the Democrat accusations at any given day against Trump. And then get him reelected. What are we going to do after those four years? I don't know. And this is the biggest question all of these liars in conservative media and conservative politics will not do. They cannot look you in the eye and say, how, in what way is the second term going to accomplish anything more on a single issue? Forget about spending. Okay, we're going to, second term will be twice as much as the first term. Okay, we, we got the message on that. But I'm talking about even the core issues he ran on. It wouldn't shock me if we have another massive criminal justice deform bill passed and signed by Trump in his second term. 
actually, I would, I would be surprised if that doesn't happen, given the players in the White House, in the policy and legislative shops, along with Jared, I'd be shocked if it doesn't happen again. So this is where we are. This is where we are today, where nobody, nobody is talking about anything, anything of substance. It's just so sad. There's people out there blaming Nancy Pelosi, the few people focusing on it. But Trump has more power. I mean, at the end of the day, Nancy Pelosi is one House vote. I mean, I guess she does control the way the caucus acts. Trump is one man who, that's the bottleneck. I mean, that's the whole thing. Republicans will not rebel against Trump. That's the whole thing, for better or for worse. That's the whole thing. All the rhinos want to be caught going along with him. If Trump were to oppose something, I mean, maybe you'd have like 10 of the most liberal House Republicans maybe vote for it. You would come nowhere near a veto-proof majority in one House, much less both. And again, McConnell wouldn't bring it to the floor. It's all him. It's all him. And then again, there'd be one thing if Trump signs all of the garbage budget bills, but at least unilaterally on the things that he could do executively, he, um, he's pedaled to the metal. Pedaled to the metal. Okay, I, I, could, I could live with that. But no. Nothing on Pensacola. Such a simple thing is just arming our soldiers on bases that any American would think is obvious. Pensacola is a gift. I hate to call it that, but a gift in terms of pushing that politically. He's commander in chief. I mean, that's unilateral. I mean, that's that's a hundred. I don't even think the courts would even screw with that. I mean, they'll, they'll do anything, but. Nothing. Because we have nobody even asking. We have no, it's like, imagine you have a king in the palace who is very much favorable of you and likes you and, and believes you helped him. I was gonna say get elected, but a king doesn't get elected, whatever. And you don't even ask because you don't even care. The soap opera goes on. You know, I'm gonna be on Steve Dace's show in, um, in a couple of hours. Uh, I mean... By the time you hear this, I would have already been on, but we're going to talk about this. But but Steve had a great response to Dan Crenshaw's pathetic video that he put out. All patch and no cattle, by the way. All hat and no cattle. He said, this guy is going to be president someday. He already gets it. Talk tough about conservatism because people just want the show. Then give them the, go the government graft, meaning government graft, they want even more. We need to do a lot of soul searching. You know, I'm going to be off entire next week and first half of the following week all the way through New Year's. It's not my own choice. Believe me, I would work almost every day. Um, you know, except for what is officially officially a legal holiday when we're off, I would totally do it. I will be writing and tweeting. We'll still have my articles most days, except for obviously Christmas and New Year's itself. Um, we will have plenty of content, but. We're not going to have the show, so tomorrow and, and Friday will be the last shows. We're going to try to get Steve Dace on, maybe for our final end-of-year show. But we need to really think long and hard 
what is it we're going to do different next year? And I don't even, I'm not even talking about next year. He's passing all the must pass legislation before the election. There's nothing left. But at least things Trump could do executively to get him elected. I'm not even talking about results. Even if elections are the most important thing as an end to itself, this is the better way to get elected. Better way to win back the House, better way to put the Trump Democrat House districts on, uh, you know, put pressure on them. Drive winning issues. And then even if you don't do it, then at least build some sort of contract with America for 2021. I'm patient. I'll wait. If you would tell if, if you would give me a definitive blueprint, look, here's why we're doing this is. But let me tell you, Trump wins a second term. Here's what we're going to do. Here's how we're going to do it. I'll wait. I'll enjoy the show for another year. But that's not happening. And you know it. You know, history has shown second terms have been horrible. For Republican presidents. It's even worse. Rather than being. You know, you would think being vindicated by being reelected, they push conservatism. No. Well, because they're not conservative. But what I'm what I'm talking about now is not even conservatism. This is stuff everyone should agree with. You don't pass two, two to three thousand page bills with years worth of cross-sectional issues and policy changes when no one knows about it and no one even read it. When you could easily just pass a stopgap and debate it and analyze it and, and the president could expose it. This is the easiest thing for him to do. And also, it's the perfect response to impeachment. Perfect response. Yet nothing. Anyway, I got to run. I hope this was useful. Truth will set you free. The facts will empower you. We're going to continue that. We're going to continue doubling down for next year. We're going to think of new ideas. We're going to push and pressure the Freedom Caucus to take a stand on something. That's a project of mine. We'll talk about in the coming days. Keep sending me all your stuff on state issues. I want to focus more on Republican legislatures, what we can maybe accomplish and pressure them to do and your state issues, more crime stories, criminal alien stories. Tweet me at drwitz at blazemedia.com. Please, please subscribe to our shows at YouTube at the Conservative Review YouTube page. Like our shows, comment, send this show to 50 of your friends, relatives and neighbors. Till tomorrow, same time, same place. God bless you all.